Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. There was an uproar in U.S. soccer circles recently whenever a tweet from an MLS podcast, an MLS Twitter account called MLS Gone Wild, uh, stated that sources from inside Apple claim that Apple is not too happy with the TV deal. Uh, after that tweet emerged, I mean, there was a ton of, um, of Twitter detectives out there looking to uncover the story, suggestions that uh, there was a release cause in the contract and Apple could potentially pull the plug uh, very early on in the first season with the MLS season pass TV deal. Subsequently, in the days following, more information emerged from other journalists who seem uh, more connected in the uh, broadcast space, claiming that Apple is happy with the TV deal. There was a, uh, a quote from one of Apple TV's higher ups that claimed that they were very happy with the way things are going. But it started a discussion that I find really interesting because so many people were uh, quick to hop on this train that Apple is unhappy with the MLS season pass and, and that they could potentially uh, be dropping MLS uh, and getting out of the contract. It, it, it seems like there's a lot of people out there who are just, there's a bit of a disconnect between what the industry feels like this deal is and what fans or maybe uh, critics of MLS think this deal is. And I think it's something that's worth getting into. And the discussion is basically this. If we are to believe the sources from the MLS Gone Wild tweet, we would have to assume that Apple entered into the MLS Season Pass, MLS Apple TV deal with the idea that they would take a TV product in MLS that has struggled for the past 25 years or so that the league has been in existence to gain TV audience, that Apple would take that league, put that league behind a paywall, move it from terrestrial TV to an app, and anticipate that they could, in the short term, make back a lot of their money through subscriptions. And it seems like not a good idea. And that seems like something that you would not expect from a company like Apple, who is one of the biggest companies in the world, who is known for innovation and who is known for forward thinking. We're going to unpack all of that. And we're going to talk a little bit more about the tweet and the subsequent tweets on this episode of the Yank Report. What's up? My name is Sam. This is the Yank Report, a show about all things American soccer. If you're into that, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, help out the channel, leave a comment. We'll get into the MLS season pass and Apple deal right after a word from this week's sponsor. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your college basketball betting this season. Get analysis of every play, prop, and point at Bet Online. You'll find the latest odds, bracket contests, team matchups, and game trends at Bet Online. Updated odds for everything from live games, the conference championships, right through to the Final Four and Championship game. Bet Online is your college basketball headquarters this season. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Be sure to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your bonus. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. So all this goes back to a tweet from a Twitter account called MLS Going Wild. The tweet says, Sources, Apple TV are, quote, very worried about the amount of MLS season pass subscriptions sold to start the season. According to my source, they have met just 40% of their initial projection. Uh, now, before we get started, I'll say MLS Going Wild, I think, is a great follow in MLS. Um, it is a fan-driven account. It, I've listened to his podcast. His podcast is really professional as well. He interviews a lot of MLS players and people from around MLS. Um, and, and I do believe that he probably has a source that told him this. Now, how high-ranking that source is within Apple 
how much information they're actually privy to. I don't know. Everybody has an agenda out there, especially when we talk about the world of MLS. I think if you've been following U.S. soccer for any amount of time, you're aware that there are tensions that exist anytime MLS is brought up. There is a large uh, section of the fan base that feels like MLS is the great evil in American soccer, that they're holding back American soccer, and that everything would be better off if MLS were not around and we had another league that was more reflective of the types of leagues with promotion relegation and stuff like that that we see uh, throughout the rest of the soccer playing world. Uh, so anytime any meat is out there that suggests the the downfall of MLS, people get very excited. Those types of things get a big run um, and and the people who are not into MLS take that and run with it uh, in a big way. And we see these types of discussions arise every few months or so. The downfall of MLS has been predicted time and time again. Um, and, and so far, at least, the league just seems to keep on growing, albeit at a small pace, but growing nonetheless. Uh, so this is just kind of the latest in a long line of stories uh, that are suggesting the downfall of MLS, this time due to uh, the MLS and Apple TV deal. Now, I think the big issue that I have with this, or, or the thing that made me a bit confused whenever I first saw it, is that the suggestion at the heart of this argument, or the heart of this tweet, is that Apple, one of the biggest companies in the world, one of the most forward-thinking companies in the world, entered into this agreement to purchase MLS, the broadcast rights for MLS, for the next decade, with the idea that they would sell uh, enough subscriptions in the short term to meet some level of profit that they're looking after. And that idea on its face is, is very much away from my interpretation of what the Apple TV deal would be for Apple. And what I've read from um, industry sources, whenever I say industry, I'm not talking about um, soccer or MLS. I'm talking about the broadcast industry, about um, about streaming services industry about the future of of programming because i think that is really what this thing is about remember apple is a company that does not enter into industries to compete um, throughout the existence of that of that company apple has entered into new industries with the idea to completely change the industry to completely revolutionize the way that things are done anytime they've entered a new product into the market it's been with the intentions of just changing the way that we think about that product and that market i mean thinking about the way that they revolutionized the world with the ipod uh with the macbook with i mean itunes completely changed the way that we think about the music industry and purchasing songs of course the iphone has changed the world uh, many times over. Uh, it, it's just what this company does and, and what they're built on. So the the idea from the very beginning that Apple would enter into the live sports world and purchase the broadcast rights for MLS only to do the same things that other broadcasters have done in the past and expect similar results just seem like it does not fit within the narrative of what we know Apple to be. And I'm sure everybody watching this has some idea, some connection to Apple, what it is, what the brand is, and what they're all about. From the very beginning, this has always seemed to me to be an idea for completely changing and revolutionizing the way that we take in sports, that we view sports, um, that we think about sports entertainment. And that's sort of the things that you'll see if you read some of the, the trade articles written about this deal. There's this anticipation that Apple has big plans here, but we're not really sure what they are yet because they really haven't had enough time to manifest yet. Now, we can absolutely speculate, and I think that's what we have to do mostly here because this is a speculation story. Um, I think one of the easiest things to do would be to take a look at some of the 
most important and most popular uh, pieces of content from sports entertainment from the last decade or so. And we can see how narrative-driven content has uh, really changed the way that we look at sports, has brought in new fans, has brought in new markets, um, and, and has changed the way that we think about creating new fans in a sport. We look at the success of shows like Welcome to Wrexham, Drive to Survive, and of course, Ted Lasso, and, and what they've done to bring new fans into a sport that they've never really thought about before, bring it right into the homes of new people. Uh, we think about the impact that Drive to Survive has had on the Formula One market in the United States, about uh, the way Welcome to Wrexham has taught so many people about the soccer pyramid throughout Britain um, and brought them into that sport. And of course, Ted Lasso has had an absolutely enormous impact on soccer in the United States and about the amount of people that are taking in the game, so much so that Ted Lasso has sort of become the unofficial mascot of the U.S. men's national team and now MLS and is just... Uh, you, I, I was watching an MLS game last night, and they had one of the actors from Ted Lasso on the show uh, in the pregame for that game. They're, they've just become ubiquitous and just become intermingled with what soccer in the United States is. Uh, they've become more or less mascots for it. Now, the interesting thing here is that while these shows have been narrative-based content that have driven people to these sports... Uh, they don't exist within the same networks. I mean, uh, Welcome to Wrexham is on FX, while the Premier League is on NBC, and ESPN is where uh, you can watch some of the league games and the FA Cup games. So while FX is making money on Welcome to Wrexham, they are pushing people to a sport where they don't really see the benefit of the people going to that sport. Drive to Survive is a Netflix series, and while Netflix has done a tremendous amount uh, uh, as far as getting people interested in watching Formula One, Formula One is broadcast on ESPN, so they're not really reaping the benefits, which really makes your mind start to wonder about what happened or what could potentially happen if all of that was under one roof of the same network. What could happen if one network was in charge of both creating the narrative-driven content that is driving people to the sport and in charge of broadcasting the sport to where they could just continue to interlock these uh, the, the narrative and the live sport at the same time. What could the possibilities be there? And I think that's one of the areas where we really see this Apple TV deal going with, the, with MLS, this opportunity to control both sides of both the, the content and the live sports action to create a new product uh, that we've really never seen at this scale before in the United States. And that's really where I think Apple sees the value for MLS, because I don't think that the finish line for Apple TV is MLS. And I think that's the most important part of this story. And it's actually highlighted in some of the articles that I've read. I think Apple sees the bigger fish out there, the NBA, MLB, some of the bigger sports leagues in the United States, and maybe some of the bigger sports leagues beyond that can really move the needle for as far as changing the paradigm of what we understand about uh, taking in sports as we currently do. But there's a tremendous amount of risk involved if you're a brand like the NBA or MLB or whoever else uh, in taking your, your, your content and moving it to a streaming platform like Apple TV. Um, it would be extremely expensive for Apple TV to bring one of those brands over there with so much risk and so much unknown. And I think that is where MLS uh, just became the perfect partner for Apple. Because as we all know, uh, the broadcast rights have been a big issue for MLS since the very beginning. They've really struggled to get people to watch the uh, the product on TV. The TV ratings have never been great. 
And MLS was in a position in this latest broadcast rights deal uh, where they were really struggling to get the number from the terrestrial broadcast companies uh, to, to really make what they wanted to make budget-wise. Apple TV had this opportunity to come in and take this fully-fledged American sports league in MLS uh, that also is relatively cheap as far as the broadcast rights and also doesn't have a tremendous heritage as far as TV watching in the United States that Apple was ready to take the risk and MLS was ready to take the risk. These are two very willing dance partners that I think found each other at the right moment um, that are both ready to, I think, uh, forge a, a forge ahead and potentially change the way that we look at, at sports entertainment. Uh, it just was like a marriage made in heaven. Which is why, if we're coming back around all the way, it's it seems so unlikely to me that Apple would be willing to throw that all away because they're not happy with the amount of subscriptions that they're getting in the first few months of the service. I think Apple genuinely has big plans, and for them to toss that out because they're not making money in the short term is it, it just it seems like just not quite understanding the big picture of of what Apple is likely trying to do here and what MLS is likely trying to do. If we flip it around and say to ourselves, Apple purchased MLS strictly because they believe that they could take what MLS was doing on terrestrial TV, bring it to Apple TV, and somehow grow the fan base there and, and drive, um, drive viewership and drive subscriptions, it seems incredibly ambitious, probably foolish would be a better way to say it. Um, it seems like it wouldn't make a lot of sense. Um, it, it seems like a, a really rough deal for Apple. It just, it doesn't make any sense at all. And maybe if we were talking about some upstart network or something like that, some company that um, it is just like, I, I don't know, some billionaire is, is playing around with money. I, I don't know what the circumstance may be, but whenever it comes from Apple, a company that we know um, is has just been made some of the best decisions business-wise of any company in the last 50 years, it seems very unlikely that Apple would enter into that agreement uh, with that being the strategy. It just seems like a really foolish waste of money. And then if you keep going with that, if you consider that Apple's intentions truly are to woo bigger and better leagues, to, to woo some of the, um, the the biggest leagues in the world, the NBAs, the NFLs, the MLBs. If they dropped MLS within a couple of months, it would probably kill off any opportunity that Apple had to grow that side of their business in the future. Uh, so it just that that whole story seemed very unlikely. Um, a, a few within a few days of the initial tweet from MLS going wild, we received some other tweets from some other journalists, or, or I don't even know if they're journalists anymore with the new Twitter blue. Uh, some other people have uh, had quotes. One of the quotes was from one of the uh, bigger higher ups at uh, Apple TV, who stated that they were happy with uh, the way things were going with MLS right now. We got another quote from somebody else who said Apple was pretty happy with the way things are going. And it, that seems to make sense because we're the beginning of this project for Apple. Um, this is year one. Apple hasn't had any opportunity to really bring in that content side because they've just been developing, um, as somebody put it on Twitter, the scaffolding of what this uh, what this partnership is going to be in the future. Uh, year one has been all about building the broadcast team, um, getting everything in place broadcast wise, just the uh, immense amount of people and things that had to come together to actually get this package on TV um, and, and get the word out about how these games are going to be watched in the future. 
there's a tremendous amount of audience education involved. Um, I have a feeling that as we speak, they are filming things right now that are going to come out in the off season that are going to be part of the content pieces that drive new fans to watching MLS. Um, that they're they're as we move on with this project, there's going to be more and more things that incentivize people to watch MLS. But that's not the only thing really happening here. Remember, I mentioned earlier that Apple's a company that doesn't just enter into a market to compete. They enter into a market to change the paradigm for the way in which we view that market, to create new industries entirely. There, and remember, we're speculating here in this video, but there's another rumor out there that Apple have even bigger ambitions whenever it comes to MLS. Just like there are you know, tons of soccer fans out there blogging and tweeting about what's gonna happen in the Premier League or whatever, there's a ton of Apple fans out there doing the same thing. And one of the things that seems to be on the horizon for Apple is uh, augmented reality or virtual reality viewing. I think we've seen a little bit of that with the, you know, the VR headsets that people can wear and, and put themselves in places. And it's a technology that we know is emerging but hasn't really caught on in a big way. But with the suggestion that Apple is about to release their version of that, that this is something that in the coming years, and whenever I say coming years, I mean in like the next couple of years is going to be one of the big product pushes for Apple. There's another suggestion out there that potentially MLS is going to be uh, the first league in the world, as far as I know, that's going to be able to utilize that technology, that virtual reality technology from Apple, and, and be able to utilize that for actually watching live broadcast sports that you're going to be able to put on your VR headset and be uh, live in, in I don't know, St. Louis City's arena and be able to sit on the sideline and watch that game, that you're going to be able to see it from actually inside the stadium, which is uh, it's uh, I, I don't I, I have my mind has no idea what that would be like. That would be like someone describing the iPhone to me before the iPhone actually came out. I, I, I don't know um, how that would actually work, but at, at least that discussion falls more in line with what I think are collective ideas of what Apple is and what they bring to this partnership. It's a really fascinating what if that I think would raise the profile of live sports on Apple TV in a serious way and really change the way that we think about live sports and the way that we watch live sports. I think it could be absolutely fascinating. It could really, uh, it really helps us understand the value that Apple TV sees in the TV product for MLS, which inherently doesn't have a lot of value. And it could raise the value of Apple TV as a broadcaster for live sports as they go after some of the bigger leagues in the world. It also falls very much in line with this idea that Apple, when they enter new industries, it's not just to become a competitor in that industry, it is to change the way that we think about that industry. And I think another thing that we know about Apple is they like to use proprietary hardware and software within their own universe. And if the Apple TV headset or the Apple headset, whatever, is only usable on Apple TV, that really raises the value of being on Apple TV, especially if you're a live sport. All that being said, I, I think we can take a minute to reflect on what we've seen so far from the MLS season past. There's been some good and there's been some bad. I think the good has been the, the quality of broadcasts. I think the reliability of the start times, you know you know when the MLS games are going to be uh, week over week. It's a lot easier to follow the league that way. Um, I, I think the wrap-up show has been fantastic. A lot of the content that they've built around the league, uh, the broadcasts look absolutely fantastic. You really love to see the promotion that Apple is giving for the league. It's really been treating being treated like a premier uh, sports league in, in the in the world context of sports 
which is something that I don't know if MLS in its history has ever received. Now, all that being said, there are some negatives as well. And I think one of the big ones is the frustration for uh, sickos like me, big time fans that in the past have been able to watch a ton of games uh, throughout the weekend that now can't watch so many because so many of the games are taking place at the same time, especially since so many of the games are taking place on Saturday nights between like 5 p.m. and 9 p.m. where so much life takes place. So you're having to choose between uh, making plans with family and friends on the weekend versus sitting home and watching an MLS game. And, you know, I'm a loser. So I've definitely made the choice to skip uh, hanging out with family and friends to watch MLS games. But there's been times where I've either missed games or I've had to go back and watch them. And I, I just don't get that opportunity to kind of watch soccer all day the way that I did in the past. I think one thing that a lot of people have have discussed and think would be a great idea moving forward would be a marquee game, a game where MLS could uh, put a a lot of promotion dollars behind and and say, hey, we've got El Clasico. It's going to be Sunday night at 7 p.m. or whatever. Pick a time slot. Maybe it's a Monday night game, something like that, where every week there's just one big game where everybody can sit around and watch and tweet about, and it's just the big discussion topic of the week. Uh, I, I think that would be great moving forward. So you have your normal time slot games. Then you have your marquee matchup game where everybody's watching. Other than that, I think it's the content. I think uh, there's not a lot of reason for me personally to go to the MLS app uh, between game nights. You know, there's uh, Unless I want to watch some highlights or something like that, which I might also get off of YouTube or somewhere like that. The content is lacking, and I think that that's really that that opportunity that Apple has to really uh, just change the whole perception of MLS and win a lot of fans. If we had a weekly show or a weekly, or, or maybe even like a, a little mini series for each team that is just highly produced narrative content. Uh, allowing us to learn more about the teams, the players, whatever else in that organization. Um, something that that would be fun to watch week over week and would help drive the storylines as we go. Uh, maybe it wouldn't have to be, maybe it could be from the season prior or something like that. I, I don't know what it would be, but just that type of content that is bringing me back to the league um, and, and using the app during the downtimes, um, that would be fantastic. And I think that's the, the thing that this league has truly been missing is, is those stories developing the storylines, giving fans a reason to tune in, making stars out of some of these players that maybe the the uh, the, the regular soccer fan does not necessarily know some of these players. Um, that would be the thing that I think really takes this deal from um, okay to just absolutely fantastic and, and would be great for the future of the league. So that's my thoughts on this latest discussion surrounding MLS and Apple TV. Now, of course, we nobody knows the actual numbers uh, surrounding the subscriptions. Nobody knows what's actually going on and actually being said between the owners and Apple TV. So, I mean, it could be very well that Apple is upset about the numbers of subscriptions. It could be true that they are actually thinking about uh, uh, parting ways with MLS after a few months, but it just seems highly, highly unlikely to me. What are your thoughts? Let me know in the comments section. Uh, As always, if you'd like the Yank Report in podcast form, you can get it anywhere podcasts are found. Uh, Thank you guys so much for watching. Make sure that you hit the subscribe button, hit 
the like button. If you would like to really support the channel, you can support me directly by becoming a member. Shout out to my tier two members, Manuel Alvarez, Matthew Doyle, Matthew Hanna, Michael Baker, Dan McVeigh, Mike Irish, Aaron M, Expats Everywhere, and Aaron Silva. Guys, thank you so much for watching. My name is Sam, and this is the Yank Report brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.